we have now come to the advent season in other words we are starting a new church calendar until last uh, um, sunday we were in the old church calendar there we discussed our gospel reading is from uh, luke now for this calendar year we are going to discuss from uh, matthew so every year we choose one particular gospel uh, for that year and this year which we call year a uh, we meditate on uh, gospel matthew and then year b it's on mark and year c uh, on luke so we have come to the uh, new church calendar our calendar new church calendar starts with advent um, and you might have noticed the change in our liturgical color which is purple why purple it's all because it's a time of preparation it's a time of repentance it's a time of sacrifice we use purple in two seasons one is the advent season again a season of preparation and we use the same color in the lenten season again a season of preparation and repentance what is advent adventus means the coming the arrival we are uh, expecting we are uh, seeing the arrival when we talk about the arrival or the coming there are three things uh, we observe in the coming of our lord jesus three things we observe one is jesus was born in bethlehem and he died for us on the cross secondly the risen lord the lord rose from the dead and his living presence is among us thirdly he is going to come he is coming as the king so three ways we observe the advent the coming that's precisely the reason during our communion service we say this christ has died he came and died for us christ is risen he rose from the dead and christ will come again our christian identity is in this faith and uh, everything centers around this faith christ has died christ is risen christ will come again so everything happens around this belief or faith jesus taught his disciples about end times the last days this is towards jesus taught this towards his end of this of his ministry so we read it from matthew chapter uh, 24 uh, mark chapter 13 and then you will also read this uh, in uh, about end times during the end towards the end of luke gospel jesus before he could go uh, before he was leaving he gave this last teaching the end time teaching uh, someone call it door knob 
instruction what is door knob instruction as you walk out you give your children the instructions door knob instruction before uh, your team gets on to uh, the field to play uh, you give as a coach the final instruction so that's how we had to take uh, the end time teachings the disciples asked two questions one is when will this be when this will happen the second question is what uh, are the signs what will be the signs jesus did not answer on the first question in fact he answered he said nobody knows nobody knows when the son of man will come back only the father knows so there is no point of digging on this nobody knows angels don't know i don't know only the father knows except the father no one knows there's no point of digging so he did not go on talking about it but he talked about the signs what will be the signs we will dwell basically from the gospel portion from the matthew that is read to us so in our meditation we will be asking these questions we are getting ready to celebrate christmas why we should talk about the coming the second coming of our lord jesus uh, in four weeks time uh, we will be celebrating christmas why we need to be talking about the second coming that's number one question the second question is what are all the important signs of his coming uh, we will look into some of them what are all the important signs and thirdly how we should be ready how should we be prepared to receive the coming uh, to receive our lord jesus now the end days will be like the days of noah like the days of noah they were eating and drinking marrying and giving in marriage what is fault here we all do that we all drink we all eat we all get you know we give our children to be married and we also get married so we all do that what is the problem here the problem is that they are so caught up in this routine they never looked beyond this they were caught up in this whole routine from them it is always business as usual what may happen in and around me that would not bother me i am not at all bothered about anything that happens in this world i am fine with my routine and i am going to go with my business you know their philosophy is very clear eat drink be merry for tomorrow we die they are caught up with so much uh, uh, about the world now noah's time the evil overtook the world people were wicked 
and they multiplied their wickedness. They did not have the fear of God in them. Nobody thought about God's judgment. They lived irresponsibly, their hearts were hardened, and their ears were dull. No one repented, and no one cared to seek the God, seek God. So when we look at our times, it is also exactly like the same. Wickedness is multiplying, people are not having the fear of God, and we see people are having hardened hearts. But God gave them the opportunity. God warned them. God warned them about the destruction that was coming up. Noah preached for 120 years. He talked about what was to come, what was coming. Um, and he said very clearly, the floods are coming. God's judgment is coming. God is judging the people through floods. Very clearly he preached, but they did not listen to his preaching. They increased their wickedness. Even our time, God's word is available. God is being preached. The end times are being preached. And we still see majority of them are not listening. That's precisely the reason Paul very clearly said in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 to 5, what will happen in the last days? The last days will be terrible days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, and slanderous. The list goes on. So we live in the time of Noah. It's exactly like the time of Noah. In the midst of all, God's word is available everywhere. It's not hidden. Now, the second point that I want to take from this passage is about Jesus teaching uh, about end times. He gives warnings and predictions. We call this passage apocalyptic literature. We don't like apocalyptic literature. Jesus gave apocalyptic uh, uh, images. The sun will be darkened, the moon will not give light, the stars will fall from heaven. We don't want to listen to this. Is Jesus talking uh, about gloom and doom? Is he talking about gloom and doom? People, do not want to read such passage, apocalyptic passages. Why? It's, it's chaotic. It's confusion. 
we don't want that kind of a situation. So we don't want to read such a passage. But let's listen. Every Sunday, Sunday after Sunday, we say this in our Apostles' Creed, he will come again to judge the living and the dead. We read that. And his kingdom will have no end. We say this. If we say this, how can we ignore this passage? In fact, we are not expecting gloom and doom. No, we are expecting our Lord Jesus to come. It's a time of celebration. It's a time of big celebration. It is not the time to sit and mourn. It's a time of celebration. So we are not talking about gloom and doom. We are talking about the life. When he comes, he will lead us into, an, into the next stage. He will give us new life. He will give us promotion. So when we talk about apocalyptic literature, we need to remember new life emerges out of it. Now, his first coming gave hope to people. And his second coming is giving greater hope to people. First coming is giving hope. The second coming, greater hope. Today we lit the first candle of the Advent wreath. This candle is called candle of hope. The prophets, the patriarchs, the Old Testament characters held the hope high about the coming of Jesus, about the birth of Jesus. They prophesied. So this is also called prophetic candle. They uh, held the hope high among the people about the coming of Jesus, the first coming of Jesus. And as we read through the Bible, we now know that Jesus is also going to come back, he's, he's coming back. So we keep the hope alive by lighting the candle. It's a prophetic candle. It's a light of hope. It's, it's giving us hope. Now, the first coming and the second coming of our Lord Jesus are linked. Both of these uh, events are linked. His second, his first coming is meaningless if the second coming is not taking place. We are the link between his first coming and the second coming. The church, we are the link between the first coming and the second coming. We keep this hope alive for among ourselves and for the people out there. Both comings are very, very important. And the second coming, we are waiting. Now, uh, how long we should be waiting? That's the problem, right? Uh, Jesus says he will uh, uh, come back. He will come as the king. But how long we are going to wait? But he is going to come. He's going to come. 
one of every 30 New Testament uh, verses, one out of uh, every 30 New Testament verses talks about the second coming. For every promise, every prophecy of Jesus' first coming, there are eight prophecies about his second coming. If his first coming happened, then his second coming will also happen. We cannot uh, take it uh, lightly. If he came first, he will certainly come for the second time. In this passage, Jesus talked about some will be taken, some will be left. In fact, in uh, Matthew Gospel, two men were in the field, one was taken and another was left. Uh, two women uh, were grinding their mill, one was taken, another was left. If you read the similar passage in Luke, Luke adds one, one more, Luke chapter 17, he adds one more. Two people were in bed, one was taken and one was left. When we read this passage, we have a lot of questions come. Uh, people who promote end time teachings come up with their own theology, rupture theology. Uh, they talk about Jesus coming in uh, silent or secret. Uh, we really do not know. People talk about uh, millennialism. People talk about dispensa dispensationalism. People talk about tribulation. All that teachings are available plenteously out there. But when you look at this passage with your naked eyes, certain things are coming very clear. Number one, his coming is swift, quick. His, his coming is one time for the entire world. At the same time for the entire world, someone is in the sleep. Someone is sleeping. Someone is working in the field in the morning. Some, uh, some people are sitting and grinding the uh, mill, uh, which means probably in the evening. It is swift. At a time happens all over the world. And it happens unexpected hour. You don't know which time of the day he would come, but he would come. It happens unexpected hour. Other thing that comes very powerfully here is separation takes place only at that time. Until that time, everybody is together. And the separation takes place in all relationships. Husband and wife, probably they were the people who were in the bed. Um, colleagues, you are all working together with your people in the office, on the field. Uh, and uh, women, friends coming together and grinding the mill. And the, the separation takes place in all relationships. The interesting thing is we don't know, I don't know who will be taken, who will be left, but I have to be sure that I will be taken because I am preparing for his coming. That's what I need to be worrying. I should be praying for others that they should be, uh, 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 
alert and they should be preparing themselves but i am not able to judge and i should not be judging that he would be taken up she will be dropped no i am not going to judge but i am going to pray and i am going to ask them to prepare themselves to the coming of the lord but i am not going to judge very beautifully jesus lined up this separation will take place only at that time until then we are all together now in this context jesus is saying keep awake stay awake be alert he is coming like a thief someone very beautifully said god does not make appointments god doesn't give appointments we live in the netherlands where appointments is the norm of the day but god doesn't make appointments thieves don't make appointments you might have uh, uh, watched this movie home alone in home alone little kevin was left behind his parents and uh, family members left for paris he i think this is part 1 uh, he was uh, uh, he, he was left alone and he opened the window and he saw uh, two thieves talking about uh, 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 robbing his house they were even talking about coming at 9 o'clock in the night so kevin had the entire day to prepare himself for the arrival of the thieves and and he planned uh, very much actually he, he planned several traps and he had time to prepare and he used the time wisely to confront the thieves and i wish jesus gives us the time so that we can uh, be ready no he doesn't give us the time i read about uh, a college professor who would bring uh, every day a tennis ball to the class uh, as soon as he uh, comes uh, to his place uh, on the on the stage he will put his hand in his pocket take the tennis ball the yellow color ball and keeps it at the corner of uh, one of the corners of the podium and he starts uh, uh, lecturing the students did not know why he was doing one day while he was teaching he saw one of the uh, students was sleeping so he through uh, uh you know he threw the ball at him and the ball hit him on his head and came back and he caught it and he kept it and he, he kept it on the corner of the uh, podium and he started lecturing and this student um, you know he he awoke uh, and 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 he started listening so the next day he came to uh, his uh, lecture as he walked in and uh, as usual he stood on his place put his hand in his pocket and took out they all expected that he would bring uh, the yellow tennis ball but this time it was a red color cricket ball <laughs> and he kept it on the corner of uh, his uh, podium and from there nobody slept any time in his class Jesus doesn't do that. He wants us he is polite, he is gentle. 
he is cordial and he says stay awake friends stay awake be alert be alert um, our waiting is not a, a passive waiting what is passive waiting passive waiting means okay i pack up all my bags and i'm going to stand on the uh, rooftop for the lord jesus to come or i will pack all my bags and go on a mountain top and sit for jesus to come that's passive waiting passive waiting is also like this oh let, my husband has got the key i'm going to sleep let him come open the house wash himself serve food himself i'm going to take rest that's passive waiting no we are actively waiting we are in the field doing the job actively waiting if when when uh, someone is pregnant when it is confirmed that she is pregnant she is expecting that's what we say she is expecting that changes entire atmosphere in the family the family goes out and buys things collecting items they collect the clothes uh, uh, the bed for the new child to be born uh, they may be buying uh, toys not only that they plan events or oh, gender revealing uh, event or or probably uh, 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 baby shower they are active actively waiting for the child to come waiting and when the child comes it's a surprise it's certainly a surprise because the child has not announced that the child will come on such day with that such time whenever the child comes it is a surprise our lord jesus is coming for sure there is no secret about it there's no secret keep yourself preparing for the wonderful day stay alert be um, alert stay awake may the dear lord bless us all amen